Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. First of all, I just sent out the newsletter and it is the best yet. It is so chock full. It's basically just links of cool stuff to listen to, to read, to drink. (laughs) There's, of course, the laugh of the newsletter is always the koodle corner. So that's very fun. We have a couple of good ones there. Your favorite koodle is in there, so you'll have to check that out. Yes. Also, two other things. We're going to, I want to schedule this. I probably should have asked you before we got on the air, but I want to do the Zoom party for expats on October 30th. We normally do the Zoom party at two o'clock Eastern, 11 o'clock Pacific, so that it's not too awful late for people in Europe. That's why we started the Zoom party, because the DPPs were just too late. So the Zoom party, what I want to invite, all patron saints are always invited to the Zoom party. So if you're a patron saint, mark your calendar October 30th, assuming that's okay with you, Binkley, wear your costumes. It's going to be a costume party. And uh, if you are a listener, though, who who isn't from this country but lives here in the States or if you're from the States and lives abroad or if you've spent a lot of time living abroad. We just want to get the feel of of how it is different in different places because people are giving up on this country. I was always raised and firmly believed that despite all its flaws, this was the greatest country, but I know, I, you know, I'm not sure this is the freest country. I'm pretty sure it isn't. I'm not sure though. Like that's why we want to have this talk. The Zoom parties are great. So if you are living in another country and listening to this show, or if you live here and you're from another country and you listen to this show, even if you're not a patron saint, email me at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com and I will send you an invitation so that you can add to the conversation. And in the newsletter is an excerpt. If you're patron you can watch the excerpt of the last zoom party but even if you're not you can click through and get i mean there's got to be 25 links that came out of our discussion about living off the grid or de-documenting yourself so those were invaluable i already bought several of the books even ones that are been out of print for i think like a hundred years one of them it really it's an old book super cool so like check that out and i think this thursday we are going to launch or at least have a a special pilot episode of the dnb live on rockfin So this show won't sound any different to you if you listen on an RSS feed on your podcasting platform, but you can watch us record it. We're going to broadcast it live on Rockfin, um, the whole DNB XR, the whole 45 minutes, and then hopefully we'll have maybe 10 minutes at the end for a little Q&A, see how people like it, whatever. So if you're a Rockfin subscriber, you get to see that live this Thursday. Should be 4 p.m. Eastern? Is that what we're aiming for? That's correct. And that will be video. Yeah, video. Yes, exactly. So, oh, right, because normally it's only podcasted. Nice. How fun. I'm not sure it'll ever happen again, but if, it <laughs> if it's great, then it'll happen yeah, again. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right. I'm going to, that little, all those announcements, I'm going to, we're not going to take that out of the length of this show. So let's, let's just get on. Now will be the official commencement of the Free 30. Why don't you lead us off, Binkley? Well, One of the bigger stories today is about this Facebook whistleblower who appeared on 60 Minutes last night revealing herself. Her name is Frances Hagen, H-A-U-G-E-N, and she used to be a product manager who worked on the civic integrity issues at Facebook. And last night, she said that the company knows its platforms are used to spread hate, violence, and misinformation, and 
has tried to cover that fact up. And the stuff that she revealed was all about this, revealing stuff that they were doing with Instagram and children that caused depression. And mostly the hate speech stuff was what the focus of the 60 Minutes story was. And Facebook was brought in front of another congressional hearing last week, and this woman's going to be in front of them this week saying the same stuff emphasizing these messages. She accused them of turning off disinformation filters after the election, which ultimately caused the January 6th incident and all because Facebook puts profit over safety. And she said that whenever conflict between the public good and what benefits the company comes up, that Facebook would always choose its own interest. This is very much a stakeholder capitalism, great reset, Klaus Schwab message that they're putting interests of their shareholders above the public. See, this is the thing that I always find objectionable when people criticize the media, acting as if the media sacrifices integrity or whatever, what the people want, the truth for profit, as if the profit motive is getting in the way of the good. And I always think the profit motive actually promotes the good, because if all you're doing is giving people what they want, what people want, I think... And if they don't want this, then democracy obviously could never, ever work, but human society couldn't really work. They want, they want the truth, basically. So if they were after, if they were after the profit, they would probably align with our interests, with our conscious interests. Then they start getting into the psychology and sociology and economic fallacies that people don't really know what they want and their desire for utility is, is misguided because they don't know how to make these rational decisions. They're not really rational. But the fact is they want what they want. And if they were, if that was being catered to, but it's not, it seems to me that that isn't being catered to, that something else is being catered to somebody else's interest. It's not just the profit motive. It's actually worse than that. It's not for us. It's not for them. It's for who they work for and i think you've absolutely nailed it is that's so it's the world economic forum crowd or the the fascists and this all ropes in together (laughs) with the classifying anybody who doesn't agree with the general narrative as domestic terrorist and you can see what her motive is kind of with her reason for blowing the whistle and of course she demands more regulation regulation involved around the algorithm but her reason for blowing the whistle is that when she started at Facebook she asked to work in that department that fights misinformation and the reason she wanted to work in that department was because she lost a friend to online conspiracy theories and to her dismay Facebook (laughs) did not care about that they cared about profits Oh my gosh, it's so funny. They act like anti-vax or conspiracy theories is where all the money is. Right. <laughs> you know what I no, mean? No, yeah. Not the <laughs> Wall not. Street Journal <laughs> media conglomerate empire where they literally go after people who screwed Rupert Murdoch personally. They brought that Theranos chick down because she screwed Rupert Murdoch out of money personally. Like that is where the money is for sure. And when Pfizer makes $60 billion out of a vaccine and the evil 12 or whatever, the 12 anti-vaxxers in the digital hate campaign make a total of like 6 million versus 60 billion, that's not where the money is. That just isn't. But the, do you think there is any connection between Facebook, Insta, and WhatsApp all going down today? Like, that just seemed like the perfect storm kind of outage. They said it was the servers basically erased everybody's addresses or something. That's just not believable. It's not believable to me that there aren't fail safes. Not believable. 
I think it's definitely going to be connected somehow. Probably will be revealed to be some sort of cyber hack or something in the next few weeks. They're saying it wasn't. I per I have. I mean, of course, it's got to be something. We'll find out what the psyop is all about. But it seems to me that it's. I would think that it's a drill. The way they put in chapter twelve in the twenty seventeen Spars document from Johns Hopkins, looking at uh, how you would deal with propaganda under different circumstances in the case of a pandemic. The chapter twelve is don't put all your eggs in one basket, and it outlines the a power outage in a state, not Texas, but everything else is basically identical. And I think that they really are turning their attention now. Maybe they're waiting for um, a, a pulse, an EMP, whatever you call it, electromagnetic pulse that's going to take all that stuff down. And they want to be in the catbird seat of being able to continue to push their propaganda, even in an offline world. Maybe I, this is part. Yeah, of that. I think that would definitely be something beneficial to them because the leaders of the governments around the world need Facebook. They love Facebook. And even though they're calling for regulations and Facebook is pretending to fight back, they're also saying, but yeah, we're open to your regulations. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot to say that. I always say this. They're called regulatory barriers to entry. If you have a lot of regulations in place, new startups cannot infiltrate the industry. So you can crack down if if there are regulatory barriers to entry and they I can actually be legal. So the government says you have to screen and censor and you're responsible for liability and all that kind of stuff. Or it can be a self-regulating thing. So if it's possible to promote quote, online safety just by throwing money at it, then a startup would kind of be held to that standard in a tort law. So it could be actual legislative regulatory barriers or kind of de facto liability barriers. But I have heard, I heard on Fox Business one time that Facebook itself, I mean, about Facebook specifically, that if regulatory barriers enter, Facebook stock goes up because it means that they can get up to their shenanigans and nobody can really compete with them head on. Yeah, and I would also look for this to lead to more public national discussion about what the definition and classification of a hate crime is. Absolutely. Tons of that will cascade down from this. And Speaking don't forget, of- when she says she lost somebody to conspiracy theories, they're probably going to, one big thing I think they do, is they will create a false flag where someone literally gets hurt because of a conspiracy theory online. I guess Pizzagate was one of those. Yeah. And they'll, they just keep doing that until they get what they want. That is how they talk about it, too. They say lost someone. And usually that's when someone dies when you use that language. But to them, it's just like they're not the same person they were. So they might as well be dead, I guess, is the way they think about it. Oh, that's interesting, because don't you feel and I felt like this before the Vax problem. But but I but now it's just absolutely they have drawn that a solid wall where for someone to be on the other side of an issue, they are dead to you. Yeah, I think that's what they want to create is that sentiment. Speaking of domestic terror issues, last week I told you about the guy who was on video throwing a Molotov cocktail at the Democrat headquarters in Austin, Texas. Well, he has since been arrested. It's the guy who had the American flag bandana covering his face. And if you watch the video of this incident where nobody was hurt because there was nobody in the building, it was 2 a.m., middle of the night, then what you watch is looks like a teenage prank. It's the most unsophisticated. He did break a window and a little tiny fire did start, so that's definitely not good, but this was definitely not a professional. The man is a 30-year-old guy named Ryan Faircloth, and he's being charged with arson and possessing a prohibited weapon, which was the Molotov cocktail, which, by the way, the Molotov cocktail, which this is what they're referring to it as, was a wine bottle with gasoline, 
and a sock. That was the Molotov cocktail. So, what, isn't that what it always is? I'm not sure. I think you probably put things in there that I don't want to say because I don't want to be put on the uh, FBI no, list. I think a Molotov cocktail is, is a rag. Maybe maybe a sock, but maybe. Yeah, you put the rag in the bottle, you and set then it on the, fire. The gas, the gasoline spreads. The glass breaks, the gasoline spreads out, and then you got a big fire right away. That's how yeah. it's supposed to work. I think that this could very well end up being on that list of ingredients that the FBI is telling retailers in, in these trainings, Operation Flashpoint. Somebody buys some socks and some wine bottles. Oh. Call the feds. Oh, that's interesting because they definitely want to phase out gasoline. Yeah. Maybe just buying gasoline is going to be a problem. Of course, you can always siphon it out of your own tank, but... Yeah. So, wow. this guy, and I'll put the link in the show notes. You look at his, his mugshot, couldn't be happier. He looks like he's staring at a tiny puppy and it's the cutest thing in the world. He's got this big smile on his face in his mugshot, just kind of emphasizing the, the MAGA terrorist theme, which they're presenting the story as. But the police said that this guy admitted that this was politically motivated during his confession. He said that this was a person not happy with the current political climate. He blamed this office and who they represented for a lot of the issues that he saw as a problem. And these are very similar sentiments that we heard the guy who drove his truck to D.C. a few weeks ago when he was talking to Biden on the live stream. Very same sentiments. They're creating this environment where it feels like domestic terrorism, Trumpism, domestic terrorism is an actual threat by seeding these stories around like this. And the most interesting part of it to me was that his arrest came following a tip from an informant who found an incriminating post on his Facebook page that matched the note. Apparently, he had written something, or they say he wrote something similar as the note on his Facebook page. And the informant also showed a text conversation that he had had with Faircloth, and he recognized the way that he walked from the news coverage. His name is Faircloth? It's a weird name. Fair cloth, I mean, and he puts the cloth in the wine bottle. Yeah, Molotov cocktails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that reminds me of Petito, the little girl who was killed by laundry, who obviously takes whatever, wants to whitewash or whatever. But there's been these like sightings of Brian Laundry. I know. I saw all that. So that's part of your whole social media sleuth. Absolutely. I just think this whole thing just re reinforces this idea that the FBI is training the, the public to see something and say something to be suspicious of everybody and everybody's an FBI informant now. Interesting. That's yeah. Maybe it makes it a game like Pokemon Go. Yeah. <laughs> and it, the more virtual it feels and the easier it is to call like to call the cops on somebody takes a lot to text it if they can just text it to the anonymously that's a little easier to do so not to bring this down to the mundane but there was some economic news that came out a few little tidbits i thought were interesting one is that the jobless rate is at five percent versus 15 percent at the start of the lockdown but that has some people concerned because unemployment isn't just people who don't have jobs it's people who don't have jobs but are looking for jobs so in the beginning of the lockdown 20 million people lost their jobs, but those 20 million people aren't still looking for jobs. Like some of them got their jobs back, but the overall workforce is down by 3 million people who will not re-enter the workforce. And that's not good. So 
it's just to me more of that useless eater thing, more of um, technology replacing. But what was interesting to me, I read an article in the journal, is that in February of 2020, the unemployment rate was at a 50 year low of three and a half percent, a 50 year low. Now, what do you when unemployment is really low, that means wages go up. It comes out of the corporate pocket. Yes, they can go to technology to replace some of that. But a lot of it really just will bite into profits could. So it seems to me that would be the perfect time for a great reset. And I always felt like the lockdown, the very first thing about the lockdown was that it was an economic reset. It was about resetting the stock market after the 2008 can kicking. So but here's the thing. So what keeps people, people who lost their job and there are still a lot of job openings, it's a little screwy. And it seems to me that the reason people would not be looking for jobs is that they are getting stimulus checks and it, and the stimulus, all the stimulus stuff is kind of, seems to be winding off right now. There even to the point there were three stimulus checks. There is not going to be a fourth one. There's $5 trillion worth of bills sitting in Congress right now. And none of them has another stimulus check in it. The beefed up unemployment benefits on a federal level are ending as are healthcare reimbursements um, or support for the COBRA program when you're out of work and you still want your old healthcare benefits. There's a padded child credit that could be winding down. The eviction moratorium has ended or is ending. More than 3 million renters say that they're going to be evicted within the next two months. And uh, rental assistance is still available, but it just seems to me that these unemployment numbers aren't going to seem so rosy once people have to flood the market for jobs. Then you'll probably get more stimulus. That rental assistance stuff has been rolled out very poorly across the country. They're giving it to the governments with some, some rules about it, but allowing them to set up the system in which it's rolled out. And there's there's a place in Georgia where one county just completely fraudulently, the money just kind of disappeared. And there's other places where they're just now getting to like the system set up. So the stuff that's intended to help a lot of people, it's not helping them because it's not getting to them in a timely fashion. And it can be very disruptive to have things that you can't really count on that are confusing, that are disappointing. That's all behavior stuff. When you, when it's erratic like that, it's unnerving, could all be part of the hit on mental health. But just a couple of wrap up numbers here. And then I want to just tell you a little bit about the home prices. In August 2021, the economy had 5.3 million fewer jobs than in February 2020. 10 million jobs remain unfilled uh, from that original, even though there was all that unemployment. Now they're trying to hire people again, but 10 million people continue to not fill those jobs. It's kind of weird. I can only think of it as they're still sitting on the sidelines because they're getting the stimmy checks. However, a lot of these guys are saying that part of it is that people are afraid to go back to work, that they're genuinely afraid and that they expect people to kind of get over it and be back in the workforce by the spring. However, I'm starting to wonder if our Christmas present this year is going to be the Mu variant and that it's going to be even worse and it's going to hit young people. Because remember what a lot of the doctors were saying was that vaccinations actually create these super strains and 
um, this vaccine-enhanced respiratory disease, which features prominently in the FDA emergency use authorization paperwork, that means that if you got the vaccine, you could be more susceptible to variants. So the vaccine could hit both ways. And if young people are getting it, they could be party to these problems. And that would be very disruptive. Yeah, Fauci did say he didn't know if we're going to be able to get together for Christmas yet or not. He said vaccinated people can, but he doesn't know about everybody else. Was it last year or was it this year where they said be sure to put fans in your window to keep the air circulating? Well, they just start. They're reporting that today. I'm not even sure that that. I mean, I want to see the study behind that because it could be what, what would just fall in front of your face. I mean, wouldn't the fans make... Where's it going to blow? Yeah. Yeah, six feet. Then a fan is going to blow the air more than six feet, right? These are... These are... If these things can just (laughs) pop around in the air and land in your face and get your... Like, I don't understand why blowing it in your face. If somebody sneezes, that's a fan blowing that shit in your face. That stuff (laughs) in your face. Sorry. I really have to get perfect at that. (laughs) So, uh, here's the thing that I, I also think is weird. Home affordability, according to the journal and these stats... Uh, the affordability is the lowest in years. So it is going to take 32%, I think, of your pre-tax income to cover all the costs of having owning a home from the interest to the mortgage payment to the insurance, all of that. It says the median home price in this country is $342,000 and the median income is sixty-seven. dollars thousand dollars so i'm sure this is worse and more expensive places more expensive places have that kind of a gap the affordability of housing is worse their their federal tax rate is the same even though they only make more money because they have to pay so much more to live there and then to pile on top of that state and local taxes are no longer deductible from the federal tax it is absolute lunacy Uh, and i'm sure i'm confident it's to neutralize the upper middle class and the middle class. So the last time it was like this, though, was November 2008, which is around the time of the huge, huge housing crisis meltdown, which doesn't bode well, in my opinion, for where this is going. And the and the journal says there's a, a housing shortage. And I just I don't understand that. I, I guess the only thing I can think is that it would be an, a, the eviction moratorium that keeps people kind of squatting in their apartments while they actually went ahead and bought a new house or something, because... If you are moving out of the cities and into the burbs, there should be a collapse of prices in the city, which there was in New York, but I think it's roaring back. I don't understand it. I just don't understand. There has to be more people. I mean, is there just a tremendous amount of immigration or a a disproportionate amount of people coming of age who are moving out of their parents' house? I really don't understand some of this, and I just it doesn't look sustainable to me. It looks artificial, and I would wait and see how these weird emergency policies roll off and then see if these markets correct. Aren't those big corporate renters buying up a lot of the houses at really, really high prices that could be factoring into this that's a great point absolutely great point because they're playing the long game they're trying to corner that market and i'm absolutely convinced that the two biggest assets of the regular man woman and child whatever is a is that their home and their cars and i think both of those are going away both of them are hit with disproportionately high um, price increases. They're going for electric cars, Uber, stuff like that. I know Uber is kind of in a stall right now, but I believe that they, that they, the big they made a concerted effort. We have got to absorb 
the assets. We cannot have the regular people have assets. It's too much of a safety net. They won't be dependent on big government if they aren't dependent in their old age, for example. Assets work against that. It's just all a big commie plot, if you want to use the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to use those expressions, but... You'll that's own nothing and you'll like it. That is a fact. Quick vaccine update from the NBA, which has kind of been the center of the religious exemption, the athletes being the target of getting the vaccines. Andrew Wiggins of the Golden State Warriors, after previously saying that he wasn't going to get vaccinated unless he was forced to, and after he had been rejected after trying to get a religious exemption last week, he has gotten the vaccine, according to his head coach. And his head coach said, that's it. He doesn't want to talk anymore about it. So he went ahead and did it. I don't know if the other players are going to do it. They haven't yet. I do know that they are pressuring LeBron James. So LeBron James, even though he got the vaccine, admitted it, he's still a bad guy, apparently, because these play- other players have come on CNN and other networks and said how disappointed they were that LeBron James is not being the spokesperson promoting the vaccine because he has such wide influence in the African-American community. Well, I would like to, every possible opportunity, give a shout out to Jonathan Isaac, whether there's another shoe to drop, whether something he gets a debilitating case of COVID or what, I don't know. But I loved his speech and I really want to promote that. And I have one other thing. Yeah. One one thing that you remind me of there, Andrew Wiggins tried to get that religious exemption and then immediately after not getting it, got the vax, which shows that he wasn't being authentic about his religious exemption. I, I disagree with that. I totally disagree I think with that. if I were them, I would frame it that way. And I yes. would use him as an example yes. to say, you need to be a lot more critical of people who request religious exemptions. I, I agree with that. I Yes, and I'm sure that's what it's for. That's a good point. However, the religious exemption, if you are forced with a choice, and Byron brought this up, and I agree with it totally, if you're forced with a choice between uh, harm, taking an unnes- what you perceive to be an uh, immoral or an imbalanced risks your own life, your body's the temple versus supporting your family and you assert that and they reject that. You, They are forcing you to do something that you would otherwise consider sinful, but you, you have to weigh, you absolutely have to weigh the evil. And it's not because you have to choose lesser of two. You have to choose the lesser of two evils. You have to. You have an obligation to feed your kids and you have an, op- an obligation to defend yourself, your body. But if you're in prison, for example, and that's really what this is, or in a controlled and open air prison, I don't I don't think that that was uh, his religious exemption would have been disingenuous. But that's just my thing. Uh, also, did you hear about the COVID reserve? Have you heard that expression? No. COVID reserve. I think I, I definitely heard it on a sports report on Fox headlines. And I and I guess a reserve is where you bring people up. Right. So they maybe have a bigger reserve for COVID. Or they're like on players who they, who they can replace them with. I think that I, I was hoping you would have heard of it because a reserve is normally what. So what when you're on the reserve list, what is that? I don't, I, the reserve list. There's not. I don't, I'm not okay. familiar with that. There's. So I don't know. There's like he, the, he there's a COVID was, list where if you violate the COVID pro- protocol, you yes. have a injury. Then you're on that list until you uh, pass the protocols. Okay. Well, I'll see whatever reserve is. I figured it was they had like a bigger 
bevy of or harem of players they could bring up in case somebody has COVID. And I wondered if part of that would also be vaccine injury. Possibly. I don't know. Although I think that's kind of that is difficult. The people who are not in the pro, pro levels are, are not as good as the professionals. Of course, of course, of course. But when when you're stuck, it's like replacement players. Uh, oh, yeah. It says, for example, the Cowboys see a major spike in players placed on COVID reserve. OK, yeah, that's the COVID protocol. List. OK, OK. Got it. Thank you for clearing that up. Before we get to our last story of the Free 30, which is going to be about what's on the docket for the Supreme Court, which is meeting in real life for the first time since the lockdown began, I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the XR. Japan gives Moderna the boot. Monica will tell you why. And the search for a missing man in Turkey takes an unexpected turn. We'll tell you all about that. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor of today's show, The Rye Guys. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and Rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, Share a laugh and enjoy great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S.com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's shit. Check them out, ryguys.com. Fantastic t-shirts. Prop 10. Prop 10 is that coupon code. Thank you very much, Monica. And also, check us out on Patreon. For a mere $7 a month, you can get the full 45-minute commercial-free DMB, as well as featured Friday interviews and Patreon-only Q&As. Plus, you can get access to Monica and I anytime you want, as well as access to our very highly engaged and very attractive community. And of course, by subscribing in our Patreon channel, you are supporting all the free content and community outreach that we use to open people's eyes to the truth. Our show is downloaded tens of thousands of times each and every week, and almost all of those downloads are for our free content and it's growing by leaps and bounds all the time. So if you're a new listener and you like what you hear, consider supporting our efforts so that we can continue to reach new listeners on a free basis by getting enough subscribers to keep us going. That is patreon.com slash propaganda report. Check us out. Now on to our final story of the free 30. So the Supreme Court is meeting again for the first time since the lockdowns began. And they have a few things on their docket that I think I just want to alert you to and we'll see how they come down. Just going to rattle them off. Mississippi banned abortion after 15 weeks. And they are, from what the blurbs I've read, they actually want to just overturn Roe versus Wade wholesale. Now, I don't think that's ever going to happen. And I think that all these abortion laws are asking for trouble in that they are going to get the Supreme Court to clarify and limit the regulatory power of the state's further than they are already limited. So Roe versus Wade is wrong in, in that it violates the 10th Amendment, which means that the states should be ruling on all that stuff. The states cannot ban abortion, but they've been regulating it out of existence. And that, in my mind, defies the meaning of Roe versus Wade. 
which I object to, but I'm just telling you. If this and Kavanaugh said he considered Roe versus Wade settled law, so I don't think they're going to overturn it. And you can't count on John Roberts anyway. So, uh, but the only way on earth they would overturn Roe versus Wade, in my opinion, is that they are confident that the vaccines have basically sterilized most of the childbearing women out there. And they will would love to see the kind of civil unrest that would ensue if they overturned Roe versus Wade. But they'll only do that if they have the population issue well in hand. That's my opinion. And then a lot of people have noticed this. I didn't realize it was countrywide, but I should have because it's happening in California and it's about Texas. These like my body, my choice protests over the weekend. I was so annoyed with myself for not just having stickers that I could just slap on the back of all the cars that had that stuff painted on the side saying, stop vax mandates. Because it says my body, my choice. And I'm just like, yeah, baby, stop vax mandates. Right? Am I wrong? Yeah. So that was one. And then the next is uh, New York requires, quote, proper cause for concealed carry. They're trying to in the Supreme Court is going to hear the story of whether or not this violates the Second Amendment. If it does, concealed carry will basically be the law of the land. So maybe they'll give one to the uh, pro-abortion folks and one to the gun rights folks. Who knows how they're going to do it? I think it's funny that the left is calling for Justice Breyer, who's 83, to step down so that Biden can replace him with somebody younger. Because I kind of just feel like they are saying, like, come on, you know you're going to die. Come on. Ageism. <laughs> it is, but it's so rude. It's like, it's like, well, why do you want me to retire? Like, well, we're pretty sure you're going to die soon. Uh, give the guy a chance, you know, with modern technology. <laughs> we, we From the other day, we learned that people can live to be like 130 at least. There you go. Maybe, maybe they'll just Justice Scalia him. Oh, right. <laughs> wake up, well, he won't wake up with a pillow in his face. We'll just here's, a, here's another one. I just have a couple more. There's a condemned man in Texas who wants the right to have his pastor lay hands on him while he's executed. So I, I guess that's not going to be the electric chair. <laughs> that wouldn't work at all. But wow. And they're saying no, that it would be too disruptive. And we'll see what they say about that. But I had a uh, one of the, the Freedom Fest people I met, a guy named Connor Boyack, run, writes these great kids books called The Tuttle Twins. So I had a, a conversation with him, a 30 minute conversation. I'm going to post it later this week on Friday, maybe. But we had we were of like mind in this, although we don't think it's it's immoral to to that somebody like a murderer or whatever he forfeits his life, his right to live in society. I, I really don't have a moral objection with the death penalty, although I get flack for that. But I don't trust the state to carry it out. One of the things they can they can give you the death penalty for is like drug trafficking, treason. Now, treason, they are, the people who are making the decision are the ones who are probably committing treason and would call people who are trying to defend the Constitution treasonous. So I just, I don't want them to have the power of the death penalty at all. But this particular issue, I don't, you know, I'm not like that. I don't think the human hands really matter, but maybe, maybe it does. I don't know. So, I, would, I mean, why would the preacher want to do that? That would just seem weird. Well, I mean, he's, he's tending to his flock, but that maybe is something that you forfeit. I don't know. I just, I wouldn't want to forfeit someone's right to redemption for crying out loud. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, and then just two religious things. One is Maine allows 
school vouchers, they don't have enough public schools or they're not close enough together or whatever, they are, they allow vouchers, but only for secular private schools, not for religious private schools. And in my mind, secularism, atheism, it's, it rises to the level of religion. So you're, what are the vouchers for? School vouchers. So if you pay your taxes to go to the public school, but if the public school is too far away because Maine is kind of sparsely populated, but there's a little private school near you, you can get kind of like a refund of your tax money to use towards the tuition, but not if it's a religious school. But people want religious schools, and they and I, in my mind, secular schools are often religious. My kids go to secular schools. One of them, you could say, is like absolutely hostile to religion. Although they did give a religious exemption, so I'm going to tip my hat. That was very cool of them. Uh, without any scrutiny whatsoever, he just merely had to assert his genuine religious objection, which he did. And we concurred with that. Uh, so I didn't have to use my seven-page thing in the end. It was so funny. Which Brian Festa, our lawyer friend, said, don't, don't give them more than you absolutely have to. And it worked for us. So, and I think that they use this, this religious... They use, they turn the First Amendment on its head. They're saying that Maine can't give its religious schools because that would violate the First Amendment. But in my mind, that discriminates against religion and would violate the First Amendment. But furthermore, I do not believe that the First Amendment applies to states. They read it that way because of the 14th Amendment. But the First Amendment says Congress shall not establish a religion. This isn't Congress establishing a religion. And then in Boston, Boston City Hall allows some flags to fly that are private, that are fun or whatever, but not if they're religious. So they discriminate against religions in the name of the First Amendment. And I think that's bass ackwards. Hmm. Does that count as all Interesting. I wonder if they'll discriminate against a science flag once that gets invented and people are waiting. Well, that's the thing. Yes, atheism and scientism. I mean, these priests of the electron microscope, that's not... That's not verifiable any more than the existence of God. Like, come on. Come on. Oh, I have an important, I have a really important shout out. So I shouted out the Granite State Spice Blends Company as going to a farmer's market in Pelham, New Hampshire last week on Saturday. And lo, right away, I got a picture from Matt, our guy at the Spice Blends, and uh, another Mr. A., meeting up just looking seeking each other out finding each other based on this show and i put a picture of them in the newsletter at thepropreport.com and we have another so cam organizes meetups for no agenda so a listener of ours cam cameron he is organizing a no agenda meetup in san diego this weekend and he wants to invite propaganda report listeners and i think that's a very totally um clear overlap don't you think that it's yeah i think that's cool a, a natural a natural fit yeah so i'm gonna send him a t-shirt he might not have it by then matt didn't have the t-shirt but mr a number two still found him there so it's in san diego it's saturday october 9th at home and away home and away in san diego but you can find it at no agenda meetups he uh, he sent me the link. I'll put the link in the show notes. If you want to go, if you're in San Diego on October 9th, go meet up with other Propaganda Report listeners or No Agenda listeners. I think it's a very, a very easy, a very natural fit there. Yeah, I think they take cutouts of 
the host of the No Agenda, and they put them on like a stick, photo cutouts of them, to, so they they can attend as well. I'm not saying to do that to us. I'm just saying that. that well, and that's how they find each other, probably. Yeah. I'm saying put on a propaganda report T-shirt. Right. I'm gonna send one to Cam. <laughs> maybe you'll wear it. Maybe you won't. But otherwise, like I wouldn't know what the host looked like. But of no agenda but i'm sure the people who listen to it would but maybe the people who listen to us would not so just go to the go to the link in the show notes and you'll be able to find all the details you need for the saturday meetup in san diego all right well you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at the or your favorite podcasting platform with propaganda report podcast feed if you want access to that extra content i was telling you about go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and join up there We will talk to y'all tomorrow or in the DNB XR 